Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Age Thoughtfully. I'm your host, Marissa Kennerson. Today, I am so excited to bring you the glorious, fabulous, dazzling energy of the Movement Maestro. The Movement Maestro is Dr. Shante Cofield. Shante is the creator of the Movement Maestro, a social media-based company that provides both online and in-person education for movement professionals. Since starting the Movement Maestro, Shante has amassed a social media following of over 60,000 awesome individuals, which has led to international speaking opportunities, including Dubai, New Zealand, and Australia. In April of 2018, she launched what became an equally successful podcast, Maestro on the Mic, which has been downloaded over half a million times to date. Shante now focuses her business on providing both one-on-one and group coaching for movement professionals with a focus on brand strategy and development and the ever-growing digital marketplace. So what does this have to do with aging? Well, two of our guests from... Previous episodes, Corin Pierce, who is Strength and Mobility, and our premier guest, Stacey Jackson, are two people I follow on Instagram, and they were leveling up. I was like, what is going on with this, this Instagram accounts? These ladies are learning some new things. Well, I sussed out that they were taking some classes from the Movement Maestro. I started following Shantae and was blown away. And she just shares so much information. And I think a lot of us, as we get older, we like to transition and try out different things, try out different careers. So I just wanted to give this information to you. So that if you're trying to learn these new technologies, if you're trying to grow an Instagram following, that you have a wonderful, wonderful guide. And like I said, Shante gives away so much. I'm not a movement professional, but I get so much from her posts and her classes and just a wonderful human being. So without further ado, I give you Shante Cofield, the movement maestro. Welcome Shante to Age Thoughtfully. Thank you so much for having me, Marissa. This is this is dope. I'm excited. So I, I was thinking yesterday, like, why do I want Shante on the podcast for older people, right? Yeah. And I'm and when I say older people, I mean 35 and up, um, because you are so inspiring, and I want people to know that if they want to start a business now, they Heck can yeah. do it. Heck yeah! I'm 36, by the way, so I'm part of this demographic. Okay, good. <laughs> so. I'm here, one one with the group, but absolutely, like it, it's never, you know, quote unquote, too late. I think it's actually yeah. a little bit better because you like have gone through stuff and you're smarter about stuff than when you're, you know, 18 or something like that. So I'm smarter than when I was 18 right? and 29 and <laughs> exactly. yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um. So you you were a physical therapist, and then yep. I'm going to sort of read this. You uh-huh. switched to focus your business on providing one-on-one and group coaching for movement professionals with a focus on brand strategy and development and the ever in the ever-growing digital marketplace. Yeah. So like you said, physical therapist by trade. Um, Rona actually really helped with the hard pivot. I was doing a lot of the online business coaching and stuff kind of in the background, and still at the forefront was more of my PT education. So I treat. I graduated in 2010 and I treated as a, a staff clinician for five years. And I was like, I kind of hate this. Uh, and I started a side hustle of, you know, a cash-based physical therapy side hustle, treating out of my CrossFit box. And 
discovered social media at that same time and fell in love with it. I went and took a rock tape class, uh, realized there was more to what I was than what I was doing. What is rock tape, by the way? Rock tape is kinesiology tape. So it is, you put it on, you see it, you know, the athletes wearing it and like that. It doesn't hold anything in place. It's largely what we would call kinesthetic guidance. So it's kind of like having someone just touching you in that area. It brings some awareness to that area, can help with pain, can help with movement. So I fell in love with the education. So I took that class and was like, holy smokes, this is what I want to be doing. I love I I soon found out I loved teaching. So got a gig with them, started teaching and really pulled away from the the treatment side of physical therapy because I didn't like that. But I loved educating the providers and realized I could have a bigger impact by in a kind of the ripple effect by educating the providers as opposed like treating people is amazing. Getting someone out of pain, helping them, that's amazing. But it is one to one. You know, I go and teach a class and it's one to twenty, one to twenty-five, something like that, or more. And then suddenly you're like, they can go and treat people and look at that ripple effect. So did that and, you know, pulled back on my, my clinical side of things and was in social media space during that whole time growing my brand and started having people asking me more of the business side of things and was like, actually, I really like this and made the hard pivot last, I don't know, March, April. And Rona hit and I was just like, no, this is what I want to be doing. I had had it on my radar and my agenda. Like my goal for 2020 was to travel less uh, and to do online business. Uh, And so that happened. Well, you make me want to, I'm, um, I'm a writer and a novelist and I always consider myself very sort of artsy and right brained, but okay at marketing, but you make me want to do marketing. Like you make marketing good and fun and yesterday. I'm so happy. Yeah. So Shantae led a beautiful webinar for free, bless, bless you for that, <laughs> on marketing and sales. And one of the first things you said was think about your ideas about sales and marketing. And if you have issues with it, you know, oh, maybe wow. go to therapy. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I cleared mine up pretty quickly with sales. I hate the hard sell. I hate when someone and people close to me were trying to sell me things with disregard for me just because to make a buck. There you go. We see that. And I love that you picked that up from the the webinar. I did the webinar largely to get my own ideas out because I've been, it's been percolating for a while and I I love running the webinar. So I was like, by all means, I wanted more volume, which is also why I did it for free. Just to get my ideas out there and kind of be able to get feedback from people. But you nailed it with that first part is any webinar that I ever do, my first thing is like, go to therapy, not because what you think is wrong, but to figure out why do I think what I think? Why do I have these feelings about these things? Like, should I just move forward with it? Like, can I sit with it? Just figure that out. Um, and, you know, kind of putting the work there. But you nailed it with that, that second point of what has happened that I now have had have these feelings. And, oh, I don't have to do that. I think people, well, I don't want to say they forget. They're never told they don't have to do it. They're told specifically they have to do it this other way that feels gross for them. And they're never told, well, just do it however you want. They're kind of like, if you want to succeed, do it this way. And you're like, but that feels so gross and icky. And you could walk away thinking, I'm just not a salesperson. Exactly. Sales is just not for me. Totally. And I'm like, yes, you're right. If that's what sales is, it's not for me either. Like I will be poor then because I don't want to do that ever. And having, giving people autonomy, maybe yesterday, autonomy is sexy and giving the the individual, giving the consumer, like like 
give them autonomy, let them choose what they want, extend the invitation for these things. And if they want it, awesome. And if they don't, that's fine too. And do you think there's something about this time, this era that we just had to shift what sales is Mm -hmm. or has been? It seems like you've, you've really locked onto that, locked onto something. What is it about this time? I think that everything that came to fruition largely last year between all of the the racial and the social justice movements um, and and Rona and people being forced just to slow down and face their stuff and face the stuff and be like, oh, I can't just keep going through the motions. Like, even if a system sucks, if you're going fast, you're like, you're like, well, what am I going to do? I have to go to work. I have to go do these things. When you're forced to stop, then suddenly you're like, do I have to do that? Do I, you know, it's something as tangible as work from home. People were told you can't. And they were moving so fast that they were like, because I can't. And then they started working from home and they're like, but I can. And it's uh, awesome. <laughs> like, wait a minute. I, I, what else can I do? What else have I been told? I couldn't do this. Or there's only one way. And maybe there's not. And I have the time to sit and think and question things. So 2020, in my opinion, was phenomenal for things like that. Yes, a lot of bad things happened, but the great pause forced people to to pause and reflect and come out of that being like, is there a better way? I think so. Now let's do something about it. I totally agree. If, if you were fortunate enough to have time to pause. Exactly. For me, lately, I've realized where do I manufacture stress and like mm. ridiculous ways of putting yeah, it on like myself. Manufacture stress. That's a yeah. great way of, of putting that. Yeah. Manufactured yeah, I mean, right here in this head. People are so conditioned to it. Like they're not, they don't know. And that's also why I started the, the webinar yesterday of being like, if you don't feel like doing something right now, like honor that. Like we are living, we coming out of this time where it's just like, you know, productivity is the ultimate. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm all about doing things, making things, building things. That's amazing. But if you're just like, I'm not in it right now, I'm not feeling it right now, you don't have to force it. And if you do have, I, I just got off a coaching call and the woman was just like, I, for the first time, feel really like calm and good in my business and I don't know what to do. She was like, I don't know. She's like, should I make something or something? And I was like, no, go outside. <laughs> like, yes. Go enjoy your life. Like, actually, she's in Texas. So I was like, don't go outside. But... <laughs> Like, go enjoy life. Like, we forget. And we're like, we manufacture these problems and this stress because we've been living in, in it for so long that that's what's familiar and that's what feels safe when there are, there's a better way. Yeah. I literally now I have a Pomodoro planner and I look at it yeah. and I'm like, that's for some days. That is yeah. not for every day. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, like, you could not live your whole entire life Pomodoro style. Like, that's like gives me anxiety thinking about it. It's like very efficient, but I'm also like, your whole day is like broken down to like work, rest, work, rest. It's a lot. It is a lot. Exactly. Okay. So I think you just glow. I mean, your energy just went through the social media, whatever wires and, and pulled me in. <laughs> I'm not even in your target audience. I, I'm not a movement professional. <laughs> the wires. <laughs> the wires. Yeah. But um, so how do you take care of yourself from the inside out, yeah. outside in? Like, what is this glow? So... Two things. I'm, I'm on. I'm, 
I'm honestly working on trying to provide more tactical things because I'm, I'm a very much a 30,000 foot teacher and I'm like, well, so tactically. What does that mean? 30,000? Like, so like a big idea. Like from, yeah. So it's like, exactly. What's the big, what's the big view? What's the, the big bird's eye view of this thing instead of like, what's in the, the nitty gritty and like the minutia that can matter at sometimes at, at some points. Like I'm not super, super tactical with things. I'm just like, hey, if you get people to love you, they'll buy your stuff. That's my marketing approach. And people are like, like but how long should I have the card open? And I'm like, I I don't know. What feels good? Okay, five days, great. (laughs) So (laughs) working, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Uh, From the tactical side, what has helped me is two things. One, I when I used to live in New York City, I wasn't quite as happy as I was as I am now because I'm grossly affected by the weather. So I, I knew I would always move out to California, to SoCal. I just didn't know when. But one of the first things I did and one of the best things I did was I wrote a list of things that I didn't want out of my days. I didn't want to wake up with an alarm clock. I hate them, especially Apple. I'm all iPhone, all Apple all the time, but the alarm is so aggressive. Like, yeah. So I was like, I don't want an alarm clock. I don't want to wake up when it's dark. I don't want to have to walk to work in the snow. And those were like really my big like three starting off things. And I worked to cross those things off of the list. I wasn't 100% sure like what I wanted my days to look like or what I wanted to be when I grow up. You know, I was, mind you, I was already like a grown up when I made this list. I was out of grad, out of grad school and was a PT, but I worked to cross those things off. And, you know, the, the universe hates a void to quote T. Harvecker. And it allows you to fill things to be filled in that you do, that you like more. All right. So First off, I made the list and I worked to just cross those things off. Second, what I've been doing and did kind of inadvertently, I did kind of inadvertently as I progressed through my kind of entrepreneurial career was I made sure to schedule my good stuff first. So it's kind of like profit for those of you who are like in the finance stuff at all. It's kind of like profit first, but for your life. So I work out every morning before I have a call. And I don't wake up at six o'clock in the morning to do that. I just don't start my calls till 10. It's fine. I work out every morning. I play volleyball on the weekends. Uh, I go for like a walk to the beach on every Sunday, every Sunday with my girlfriend. On Wednesdays, we have breakfast after I play volleyball. And I set that time or that time first. And then I fill in work around it. And I make sure I get everything done. And that has been huge and making sure, you know, the whole, like, you can't pour from an empty glass, things like that. So making sure that my cup stays filled. And then I'm, I'm honestly super happy because I got rid of those things that like, I really hated. Yeah. I had to move across the country, but it's great. Now I I look outside my window and there's a palm tree. I'm like, life is good. Totally. It's so funny. I'm in Sherman Oaks and I'm looking at a palm tree, which is strange, but I love it. (laughs) And I'll take it. I can't have a bad day. I can't. I, like, I know this didn't, it didn't grow here naturally, but that's fine. Like, yeah, I'm still having a great day. <laughs> um, something you did, I just lost my train of thought by palm trees. Oh, I was gonna say I have noticed lately. I take my showers at three o'clock because I work out first, or I have my coffee. I do some writing, then I work out, yeah. and then I do some whatever business. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I better take a shower. It's yeah. and I, say, and I, I love that. That's, that's so much ties into living life, how it works for you. Like, again, having trusting yourself and, and doing things your own way. We see stuff on social media and it's like, here's the perfect morning routine. And I'm like, for who? Who? Yeah. Not for me. But you do whatever makes you happy. Showers in the morning are too cold for me. I don't want to do Oh, it. 
by the way, yeah, and the Wim Hof cold shower. No. I'm like, nope, never. Immediately, no. I will forego any and all health benefits. I'll die early because I'm not getting into that cold water. I went and tried all of it. Like, you know, the PT brain in me. As soon when things come out, I'm an early adopter. I went to the Wim Hof seminar. I went and did uh, Brian McKenzie's Art of Breath. I got in those cold ice and I was like, this is terrible. That's how I feel. Like whatever the benefits, I'm sorry. I don't want, I'm not getting them. I do not <laughs> care. I literally, I will die earlier. I don't care. That is the worst. No. I say, I'm like, that's just not for me. I'm sorry. I say it to myself in the shower or I say it to everybody who's not listening. I'm like, people who are not in here, it's not for me. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to go back to that therapy and working through stuff for a minute. Sounds like you had a really good therapist at one point. I did not. Oh, I, really? No, I'm just a big advocate. I've gone to therapy. Uh, I'm just a big advocate because I see people coming out of it and liking it, and I want to kind of destigmatize these things. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I think that the best thing that ever happened to me was my mom. And Your mom, by the way. I saw the birthday message. <laughs> oh, Mama Maestro is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> she's my twin and she's the best. And uh, she supported me unconditionally and it just instilled so much confidence in me that every life has been great. And when I, I say therapy because when I have conversations with people that are struggling with things, the things that they say and how their mind works, I'm like, what? Like, it doesn't, it would never even cross my mind to think about that. Like, largely growing up and looking how I look and like being very androgynous since day one, it was never a problem. And so when I see it from the outside, I'm like, that's society's issue. I'm fine because my mom instilled so much confidence in me from day one. So when people come in and they're like, but what about this? What about this? And they're like imposter syndrome, these things. And I'm like, my brain doesn't even work that way. It doesn't, those things don't even pop into my head, which then talking to people that have come out of that or like, you know, move through, work through those things. They're like, yeah, therapy helped me out so much. And I'm like, that's great. Amazing. Go. If you want to read a book, amazing. Like my biggest thing is take action on these things. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've, I had a really good life coach as well. Um, so, you know, she's not a clinical therapist or anything like that, but maybe two, three years ago. So you want people to examine their thought process. So examine How, however that works. Yeah. However that works, however it feels safe for you. Because I mean, people have, you know, I try to destigmatize therapy, but also like if it's not for you, that's it's fine. It's not for you. But do what you need to do to put in the work to be like, why do I think this way? Why do I feel this way? Why the big thing, you know, why do I feel this way? When someone says something, why does, why do I have a heart palpitations? Why does my, why do I clench my fist? Why do I have this reaction? Why is this triggering to me? And if you can't do that on your own and you're like, I just want to read a book. Cool. And then making sure that we're actually doing something about it. I, one of the things I see happening now is people are just, they're really, and we see it in PT as well. People are really good at identifying things and that's it. And I'm like, it doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't really do anything. Like you come into PT with a diagnosis and it doesn't tell me, it, it doesn't fix your knee. If you came in and you're like, I have patellofemoral pain syndrome, I'd be like, okay. And now we have to like do something about it. So I see people get to that point of like, this is why, you know, this happened to me or 
whatever. And I'm like, all right. And now what are we going to do about it? Which is what I think that, you know, therapy or having someone that kind of helps you through these things and holds you accountable becomes the really important step. Yeah, it's funny. I was trained as a therapist and traditional therapy, I think is about insight. And mm-hmm. insight is wonderful, but exactly what's the next step. And I have an amazing parenting coach and she says sort of therapy and there's so many different kinds of therapy, but traditionally it works with the past and coaching is about sort of here and going forward. I love that. I love right? that differentiation. I love that. Get yeah, a coach. totally. Get a coach. I love it. <laughs> I can love it. Well, it's funny when I worked as a therapist, I would have times where I'm like, oh my God, get me your resume. Or I wanted to, oh. be, I, could, I couldn't do that, but I wanted yeah. to be like, or, oh, let's, let's think of 10 people. You know, I was, so I don't, but I was very transparent. I would tell stories about myself safely. Yeah, yeah, had, yeah, of course. But sometimes my clients would be like, oh my gosh, you're not just asking me how I feel about it. Like, no. <laughs> Being a human, look at that. Okay, yeah, Exactly. Okay. Uh, another lesson last night that really stuck with me is be authentically you when you are market- marketing yourself and your business. And like, why is that so scary? You know, so well, it's not theory, for you. I know, right? But <laughs> my theory on this, uh, my my brain always defaults to my PT, kind of my PT background with things, and from a physiological perspective, right. The nervous system is always seeking safety. It's part of the reason that ice baths suck so much. It's it's a threat, right? That's also why Bennett, why it's also why ice baths and cold can be helpful because it's just teaching you how to respond to the sympathetic response. So, so it can be helpful that like yes, I got a shock. I want to fucking you know, sorry. I want to scream. I want to like run, but I can learn to breathe through that, and that can transcend into like this is how I deal with trolls now, but. I'm not going in the cold shower anytime soon. So too stressful for us. It's too much. I'm like, it's no, just you I, and me, everybody else. I will, <laughs> I will learn a, I will expose myself to some other threatening stimulus. Yeah. Cold. I'll, not I'll fast or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the nervous system always seeking safety as such when we, we do things that as such, we inherently will do things that make us feel safe. When we're, we're kids, in order to have some of that safety in theory, we're going by what our parents and such are saying. And what I believe happens is we kind of, and I'm not, I've never, I'm not a parent. I've been parented, but I'm never, I'm not a parent. But looking from things from the outside, starting with how we interact there, and then you go to school our safety is almost always dictated to us by someone else. You go outside and like, you're like, I'm, so I would be cold, but sometimes you see kids outside. They're not cold. Right. Oh my gosh. My son well hates the heater, never wants it on and is always in shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. And that's amazing that you love that. You're like, that's fine. But if you were to be like, put this jacket on, no, put it, we stop trusting ourselves. We don't. Right? We start listening to ex- external influences, something as benign as that. And then you go to school and it's listened to everything else. And so you literally stop thinking about these things, ha- trusting your intuition at a young age. If we ask kids, like, what should you do in X situation? They will give you the right answer. 
And meanwhile, adults are like, well, maybe. Like, if you ask a kid and you're like, what if something hurts you, what should you do? And they're like, stop doing it. And you're like, yes. So true. You're not like, they're not like, well, maybe they had a reason they hurt (laughs) you. And next time they won't. You're like, like, no, if something (laughs) you're doing hurts, you just, you just stop. And you're like, yes. Adults are like, well, maybe. And like, there's all this other stuff in there. We know your nervous system knows, it knows what's safe, but you've been told for years, like, don't listen to it. Someone else knows more than you. Someone else is right. Everything in life, everything. Which is why I think that certain demographics, you may say, be more apt to go against that. So like I'm watching like like Meg Rapino. Um, I and I can I obviously there's a little bit of confirmation bias, but like Meg Rapino, um, Abby Wambach, uh, Glennon Doyle, right? Not as much her, but if you take someone that's like, that's not heterosexual, you've already put yourself outside of this like society telling you you're supposed to fit this way, you're supposed to be this way. So you're like, I'm listening to my own thoughts, not what everyone else is telling me to do. And suddenly that becomes super radical because you're like, you listen, you're just doing you, you're just showing up as you. And you're like, of course, this is, I didn't fit into that narrative and I knew it was wrong. So I didn't listen to that. Whereas other people have been so, it's so ingrained and so entrenched that they're just like, this is what is safe now. Listening to somebody else is what is safe. And if I go outside of that, it's not safe, even though that is truly what will be the safest. So then it becomes repetition and time and practice and realizing that if you do show up that way, you're not going to die. But when people first start doing it, sometimes they get if they get backlash, then yeah, the nervous system's like, no, it's not safe. See, you did this and something bad happened. We're not doing that again. Yeah, that's really interesting. I really felt called out last night because I'm trying to be my authentic self. But one big thing is I really want women to feel good about the way they look until, you know, 106. And I, but I go on Instagram and I'm like, oh, (laughs) dark circles. I look red. Nobody wants the gray hair is like flying. And instead of practicing what I'm preaching, I really, it really hit home last night. I got to stop that. And when people show up with gray hairs going everywhere and red spotty, I love them. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I'm that's the person I want to listen to. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <There>. So <laughs> now I'm gonna be stalking your stories to make sure that you're showing up like that and not apologizing or But you know what's so funny? I never I don't think I've usually I do my stories without makeup because usually I've worked out and I'm excited. Yeah. But it's funny, there's so much fear around it. But if I don't, and yet I don't want to come completely like airbrushed. Mm -hmm. I've got a real war going on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm trying, I'm trying. Um, I love that. I I love that. As long as it's trying, that's, yeah, that's so much. That's the process. That's the journey. That's the thing. It's just trying. Like, it's not like I'm, I'm there. I've never used to worry about anything again. It's just, are you trying? Are you aware? It's the first thing. And then you're trying. Cool. Amazing. Great. Yes. And actually, that brings me to I loved how you said judge on effort, not outcome. Can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I actually have that as a quote. So my friend Meredith Root, she was actually my nutrition coach for a bit um, through Instagram. She, and I have the quote printed out next to my computer, and it's have expectations of effort, not outcome. And that is applicable for everything in life so often because it's just, it's tangible, it's tactical, it's, it's physical. Oftentimes you're like, yeah, I can see the output. 
that's great, but we cannot have an expectation of that. You know, as it relates to kind of tie back to earlier in sales and, and things like that and marketing, if you commit to the process, if you commit to the effort, the outcome will be there. Uh, but our expectation needs to be, I am focused on showing up. What is my effort? You know, with marketing, business, if you think about it as anything like working out, if you show up every day and you give 100% of what you can that day and you are committed to that, whatever it is that you're doing and being the best version of yourself, you're going to have a great outcome. It may take 10 years, but you're going to have a great outcome. But when we focus on that, that outcome as the expectation, like, oh, I went and worked out today, I should have lost 10 pounds. You're like, wait, I'm sorry. But one, that's not science. Until you're setting yourself up, up for so much failure, especially when the outcomes uh, have other people involved, because you can't control that. And that was a shot in the arm I needed last night from the webinar. It really was because I was thinking, oh, is my podcast audience not big enough? Mm-hmm. When I finish this novel, am I finishing fast enough? You know, and yeah. all the things. And I think that was draining me because what can I do yeah. about I can do things to try to get a bigger audience, but not tomorrow not no. directly not not right? exactly that's the big thing not directly it's like you can focus on these things and then we see you can have goals i think people kind of get confused and they're like wait so you're not not trying to do something no have goals absolutely but you cannot have an expectation that because you did this thing this thing that that has to do with other people is definitely going to happen because I showed up and I posted a thousand people are going to sign up. No, that's not, that's not, no, your, your expectation is how you are showing up. There is the effort you're putting in. That's it. That's like, it's such an important lesson in writing books. Like I, uh, I mean, you know, having a book published and then, you know, you want to hit that New York times bestseller list and, a lot of things happened for me, but not that at all uh, on my two books. <laughs> Amazing. That's like, it's so, it's so wild when you're in something because you don't it's wild. It. Like you have two books. That is like, what? That's- I know. And if you, if you had told like eight-year-old me, you're going to have two books, you know, it's just. That's remarkable. And we yeah, we're welcome. That's like, we see everything we're not, right? We see everything we're not. I could be doing this, but like, that's amazing. We have two books. Wow. Yeah, someone once said, um, I'm sure a lot of industries are like this, but you publish and so you have a seat at the table, but then you want a better seat at the table and a better seat at the table. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I love just scaling back and focusing on what I'm doing, what my efforts are. You have to, otherwise you're not going to make it. You nailed it. I, you nailed it. You know, just, I think of most things in life, it's a both and kind of thing where like, yes, you have the goals. Yes. There's nothing wrong with wanting a better seat at the table. That's awesome. That's absolutely incredible. But are we also celebrating the current seat that we have? All right, what are we focusing on? And then where are we putting our expectations? Like not, I expect that I'm going to get that better seat. No, I'm going to strive for that, but I'm going to do that by focusing on and having expectations about my effort. And I, I do, I think it's kind of a nuanced process. Yeah. You know, I, I had a stage where I, I'd put the wish in the box and I put it by my bed about yeah. how many sales I wanted. And yeah. then I realized like years later, that, that's not quite it. 
that's cute. <laughs> she said, that's I, cute. I can't control that. You know, even with the wish in the box. <laughs> no, no, I love that. That that's that's I, that really resonates with me. I because my brain is so like uh, tactical and then tactical in the sense that it's like I'm a control freak. That's what I'll say. I like to have control over things. I I don't. I choose to not believe in luck. I can believe in good fortune, but I feel like when we say, "Oh, it's luck," it just strips you of all the work that you did to get yourself into that situation, right? So yeah, people will say the, the harder you work, the luckier that you are. And I'm like, yeah, because you got yourself into that situation. Yes, is there good fortune where maybe the, this, the wind blew and then that thing fell over and then that thing happened and yes, but you walked into that place. You took an action to do that. So with, with that being the case, I'm all for if people are like, I want to put the thing in the box behind my bed. And I'm like, all right, cool. But then that also can help you because now you've established a number, which means that you're going to be like, all right, if I have to get that number of 100, then that means that I need to do this thing, which means I should probably be doing this thing, which means I should probably doing, be doing this thing. So, you know, when things become top of mind, then you can change your effort and we shouldn't be as surprised if we do get that outcome. It's just not the expectation. Yeah. I remember asking my therapist about manifesting, what she thought about it. And she's like, well, if you're in medical school and you want to manifest being a doctor, that makes sense. But if you are just sitting in your living room watching television and you want to manifest being a doctor. So yeah, there's a place for it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. Last part of that. Tell us about the 18th month, 18 months to gauge. Yeah. So another quote that I stole from, uh, borrowed, we'll say from someone on Instagram, um, my version of it, if you gauge your progress in terms of 18 month spans, you'll never be disappointed. It doesn't matter what the thing is, writing, getting stronger, sale, it doesn't matter anything. It's a long enough period of time, which we also know now how quickly it goes by because we've been in lockdown for, I don't even know now. Right, things started at the end of March of 2020. It's been a year. It's 12 months. Yeah. It's been a year. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. So, like, while you say this to people, and you're like, they're like 18 months, and it's like that goes by really fast, actually. But it's long enough for so much to happen. So you use that as your time frame. You'll never, ever, ever be disappointed. I love it so much. And I think I was gauging at about six months. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, that's more than most people because most people are about six minutes. So <laughs> that's really, it's true. Literally maybe six weeks. They're, that's like a long time. They're like, I've been doing this for six weeks. And I'm like, great. But now we have to keep going for another 17 months. And then we go from there. Yeah, because if we think about 18 months, it's as it will go by and yeah. it's a solid chunk of time. Absolutely. If you've been if you've been dedicated to something. Yeah, if you're and you're committed to it. I think it also affords you it gives you the opportunity to um re I don't know if I'm gonna even say reassess, but it gives you the opportunity to establish new, perhaps, metrics for success. Why? Right? Because, you know, again, if we go back to the PT world. Maybe I don't get you out of pain, but maybe you does. Maybe you can walk farther now before you have that thing. Maybe you can do more activities. Maybe it's not as sharp. I, I don't know. There's a, diff- a bunch of different metrics, right? But that time frame gives you 
that much more time to be able to like, oh, there's other things, there's other metrics I can be using to gauge my success when it's something such a short time frame. We're like in that same mindset the whole time. And it's like, how many sales did I get? How many of this? Whereas you give it longer and suddenly you start to get other wins and you're like, actually, that's the thing I want to be looking at. And that's actually what matters more. How do you track your progress? Mm, my happiness. Oh, I love honest. that. I know it's such like a, like a woo thing, but I feel really good in life. Like, yeah, I can, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not good with, with like money. Like I have an accountant for, to help me with all that. Um, I don't, I don't like tracking stuff. I'm not that person that's like, I want to make this in my business. So if I, if I go and reverse engineer that, I need this many sales. I'm like, we are in the green. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I do, I do a financial meeting every Wednesday. So like I, I have, I, again, that 30,000 foot view, I know where everything is. I know what's going on. Um, but for me, it's my happiness and, and what I'm able to do and how I'm able to show up, how recharged I feel, which is why I do schedule that fun stuff first. And if I'm like, I don't have time for this, I'm feeling super stressed out. I'm like, I'm not doing something right here. Like for me, my goal was always to have a, a life, have a, a job, a career that afforded me flexibility and afforded my, I have a huge autonomy button. And I was like, I want the freedom to be able to choose what I do and when I do it. We need like a club. You, <laughs> we're so similar. I'm a bird's eye view, big picture. I've had bosses back when I had them. May I never have them again. <laughs> say to me, you need to sweat the small stuff. And I'm like, um, <laughs> do I? No, exactly. <laughs> I, I can outsource that to somebody like to pay, you know, to sweat that, that particular thing. Yes. Right. It's funny. I've, um, I was trying to read as I went into my third novel, some writing books and they break down the process. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do it this way. I can't understand it. I could do it. Yeah. But, but I can't absolutely. break it. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Anyone listening to this, this is, you know, Marissa giving you permission to operate how you operate. Like I'm a big fan of doing things until it doesn't work. Yes. I remember saying to my coach, I don't like to write everything down. I keep a lot in my head. And she's like, well, do you get it done? Yes. Most of the time I do. Fine. That's great. <laughs> yeah. like, that's amazing. Go. Like people come and they're like asking him like, does it work for you? And they're like, and this, you know, tying into yesterday because they're told like, this is the perfect routine. This is how you become more efficient. And I'm like, are you happy with what's getting done? Then you're fine. Do it that way. If it's yeah. not broke, don't fix. Totally. Okay. Does IG marketing work, Instagram marketing? And if yes, when did you find out? So I think, you know, uh, me being me, it depends on what you mean by work. Okay. Like, it depends on what that means. Uh, it depends on what the goal is. For me, Instagram changed my life. For me, it allowed me to move across the country. It allowed me to build a business uh, because it's just a way, it's another way to connect with people. All right, so at the end of the day, I think that everything's about connection. Uh, I enjoy the, I'm very introverted. So I love Instagram because there's a wall, there's a barrier. And like, I can interact with you when I want, or I could turn it off. I can interact with you how I want. And I don't, I don't, I don't like, uh, I have a podcast, right? But I don't listen to them. I don't like audio, audio stuff. I don't learn that way. It doesn't like stay in my brain that way. So Instagram's all visual. It's great. It's writing, it's pictures, perfect. Uh, but in terms of does Instagram marketing work? What do you mean by work? If you're like have a brick and mortar business and you're trying to get more clients, probably not. It's it's not the I should say it's not the number one way that I would think that I tell people to do. 
right? Because we're looking at connecting with people and then the goal is to get them into your physical space. If you connect with somebody that's, you know, in Iceland, that's great. But like, are they coming into your shop? I don't know. Probably not. So that's like not the most helpful thing to do. If you want that huge presence, okay. But if you're trying to like grow your brick and mortar, like run your business locally, the best way then is to connect with people in person. But if you're trying to expand that reach, connect with different people, then yes, Instagram can be phenomenal, but it's slow. It's not fast at all. Tell me about at that. Like, timelines. So again, 18 months of, of committed, dedicated effort, showing up every day, building relationships every day before you start to kind of see some, some traction. Um, maybe longer now because there are there, there's a lot of noise um, in the space. But we're in the business. So at least for me, if you're dealing... I should say for all of us, if we're, if we're talking about humans, we're in the business of trust, right? If you work with people in any capacity, you are in the business of trust and trust takes time, especially if there is a barrier. I think it's a bit easier now, maybe because of Rona and people realize like, oh, I can establish a relationship through the screen. Like this is different than like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but you have that barrier for connection, that barrier for the relationship that's going to slow things down. They're not seeing you every day, but it is definitely different than being in person. Like there, if I, you know, I had to make a ratio of like, how many times do I have to see you in person or see you online to trust you the same amount as like, I see you in person. If we met one time in person, that is like exponential, exponentially better than through the screen. So it just takes longer because of that. I think people are way more willing to have you know, relationships and such and connecting through this dig digital platforms than ever before, but it's not the same. And it can be something like, you know, for like the science people here, a video doesn't have smell. That's huge. Like, again, we go back to the nervous system. When we're living, we are constantly surveying, our nervous system is constantly surveying the environment. It's constantly taking information, taking in information and saying, what can I ignore? What's not a threat? But it's surveying everything including something like, like smell. Through the screen, we don't have that. So there's this missing information. It's different. Whereas when you're in person, more more information. That's so interesting. Like I'm thinking how I said I was just like a magnet to you. And I, I wonder what that breaks down to. I like the way this person yeah. looks. I like their oh, yeah. energy. I like what they're saying. I like... Nailed it. It's You nailed it. All of those things come through. And this is why, you know, when I was talking about marketing yesterday, marketing is implicitly or explicitly telling the story of your business, your values, you know, what you can do for people. To me, it's more so about that implicit side of things that you're not actually saying overtly your mannerisms, how you're showing up, the time of day you show up, where do you live, your facial expressions, what do you look like? All of those things that other person's nervous system picks all of that stuff up that you don't even realize that they don't even realize. And it creates a sense of safety, a sense of familiarity. And this is why I'm like, you need to show up as you because we attract what we are, not what we want. And if we're, if, even if we're saying these things, we, our body is giving off some other message and people pick that up. So when we have that congruency between the two, people feel and it. I, I want to highlight that we attract what we are, not what we want. Yep. Spot yeah. on. That brings me to, um, I had skipped this question, so I'm glad we're going back. <laughs> Calling ourselves experts or 
Like I want to help people on the aging path. Mm -hmm. My expertise really comes from I am living it myself. I'm talking to experts all the time. Um, You know, I I do have a master's in psychology, but sometimes I shy away from can I, I don't know that sort of calling myself an expert. It's hard to do that for me. I feel like maybe I can say that in the writing space. Mm -hmm. I can say that because I have a master's in psychology, but in the aging space. So a lot of us are creating things. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think there's, I think there's a lot there. Like, I think we saw last year, it started to come out where like your experience is your expertise and there's a lot of value in that. Uh, If we start, if we start questioning a status quo, we start questioning the the traditional narrative. It's like, well, why, because you have this piece of paper, now you know everything. I I don't know. I I don't think so. If we start giving people autonomy, it's like, actually, you know more about your journey and such than I do. I, I, it's so interesting. So I, I have a, I'm, have a doctorate in physical therapy. And there's always this like back and forth and like, call yourself doctor or don't because you're not a medical doctor and all this stuff. And it was just like a lot of this uh, ego nonsense going back and forth. Like if you have that title, you have that title, right? You even just did it right now. You kind of like brushed off. You're like, I have a master's in this. I'm like, that's a big deal. Also, <laughs> True. like, well, it's a big deal, but society has said, like, unless you have this thing, you should be smaller and making you feel bad about all of these things. And then we also get people that are just super confident and they like, I don't know, know if I want to say like abuse the term, but like they have this, they, they call themselves experts, they call themselves gurus, but they're like full of, of BS and they're not actually helping people. So then we're like, well, then part of us is like, but I don't like want to be that thing. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to owning it. Call yourself whatever you want you know, don't do anything illegal, please, but <laughs> whatever you want. And then owning it, are you going to have those feelings? And yes, this ties back to point number one of like, dissect your thought processes, dissect your feelings and be like, why do I feel this way? Do I have to act that way? Do I have to show up that way? Am I worried that someone's going to call me out on something? Why am I worried about that? If it do- If they do call me out on something, one, is it their own stuff? And that's why they're calling me out on it, probably. Two, how would I respond to that? And this is, you know, tying into again yesterday's uh, conversation of slowly, slowly, quickly. As we get more reps, as we get more confidence, suddenly we're just like, yeah, I can show up like this. Yeah, I have the confidence to call myself this. Yes, I know I can get the results. Yes, I know I can respond to any question that, that I'm going to be posed. Yes, I trust myself at this point. But it all starts with starting and being like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go with this and see what happens. It's new. It's scary, right? It's on the other side of action, which when we're on this side of action, I'm thinking about things, terrifying. Nervous system doesn't know it. It's unfamiliar. And it's like, I don't know. We do that thing and we start to realize it's not so scary because we didn't die. We learn from it and we get that slowly, slowly, suddenly. So very roundabout way of saying, if you want to call yourself that, call yourself that and that's fine. Yeah, I love that. And I think that I'm always going to be fairly transparent. That's my it. Mi- my mission is to help people. I'm not going to pretend I'm something I'm not. That's it. I yeah. think, you know, we can, I don't want to say we grow. I almost said it before. But I was like trying to think how I wanted to explain it, like kind of growing into that. Like if we don't feel comfortable with it yet, that's fine. Maybe we don't use that moniker just yet. But like, I don't think we should throw it away because we still have to have it there because it's like the jacket that you like grow into and then you get more reps and you get more results. And you're like, 
actually I am an expert at this. Like maybe I don't want to use that title because like I know you're going to feel some kind of way, but like push come to shove. Yes, I am an expert at it. I had that with my first coaching client. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, I know yeah, what I'm see? doing. Exactly. You're like, wait, wait, a oh, oh. I was. But before I was like, well, I've never coached. And my coach was exactly. like, but you've done therapy with people. I'm like, I know, but I've never coached. <laughs> I love it. I think that there's something so good about that, like having those reservations, because it it, ma- it makes you just, what is, being humble about it, right? And then it, I think there is a caution to it, which is actually really, really good. It's again, like you said earlier, like that balance of like, do I just stay on that side and I don't ever really move forward with it? Cause I'm just like, but I don't have enough reps, but I don't know. Or do I have that, you know, a little bit of hesitation and then I do the thing, I get the results and I'm like, oh, actually I am good. And on to the next step. Yeah. And I would imagine, yeah, the more you do that, it just builds and builds. Oh, I know it. I know it. Yeah. I don't have to imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the nervous system with like thinking you're going to die yeah. because when you're doing something that's so Literally. safe, like really? It does. Today, today I had to, because I had taken a break from podcasting just for a couple of weeks, but I went to write your interview questions and I was just sort of seized up and I was like, hello, fear, sit down, <laughs> sit down, I'll make your own cup of coffee. You can sit that's, here, but don't say anything. That's amazing. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> It's amazing. I love that. I love everything about that. Honoring it, going through it, and just overcoming that. I think we people, I watch them get stuck in wishing they didn't feel that way. And I'm like, there's no point in that. You feel it. What are you going to do? Okay, now I move forward. Yeah, it's been a big theme with my writing. Uh, I will... sit down and have, I call it like a little iceberg and it melts super fast as soon as I start writing. Mm -hmm. But this year I've been like, really? I mean, I've been writing for like 25 years. Could we, I don't even want that three minutes. So I'm working on it, but. (laughs) That's amazing. It's still there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's, I think it's almost gone, but um, I've been doing a lot of work on it because I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> La- okay, almost to my last question here. Yeah, we good. I, I was going to ask you if you're an introvert and you're an yeah. extroverted introvert like me, right? Because you don't I'm come social. off. Yeah, I think I'm a social uh, introvert. I don't love in-person like group meeting events. Like I love if I'm hosting one, I love being, I love being on stage. I love it. I love not like acting. I never, I can't memorize things well, so I don't like acting. Uh, but just being able to be in front of an audience and like have that bigger impact, love it and like feel engage and corral the energy of the of the audience, love it. But anytime there's like a, well now it doesn't really matter because Rona. But before when there'd be like parties, I'd be like, I don't really want to go to that, and I'd like be so mad like leading up to him, like why did I even say yes to this thing? I don't even want to go. I don't even want to be there. And then when I go, I have a good time. But you know, I'm not going to be like all mopey. But it's not my number one choice. I'd rather be in a small group. Uh, and I definitely recharge alone. Yeah. 20, 20, 2020 was fine for me. Like I live alone. I have a cat. I got a cat during the time. Like, like my, my, my life is largely unchanged. Actually, people, this is, this is quite fine. I know the introverts, we were like, let's do this. That's right. Like, <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, yeah, but so social, I feel like there's gotta be a third. I think we're called extroverted introverts, but I, I'm like you, give me the crowd to talk to. Talk to him. 
but I'm I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go to a party. Like I'll be uh, fine. And like I will be social when I'm there, but it's not like my number one choice for things. And I don't get super energized by having that that big crowd. One on one, amazing, but I wasn't like ooh. Yeah, that's how I always tell people, how do you recharge? If you're tired, do you want to go to a party or do you want to be by yourself? Exactly. The thought of that, the thought of being tired and then being like, I have to go to a party, I'd be like, this is like a, a slightly behind cold shower. Slightly. <laughs> I am so <laughs> with you. <laughs> it's like, I go up. That is me too. I'm like, really? Does that really? Terrible. You're it's tired terrible and you'll get recharged by going to a party? Wow. I, okay. I'll die. I'll be dead. <laughs> we'll take the cold shower. Thanks. <laughs> Okay, my last question for all my guests. What are your three tips for aging thoughtfully, no matter our budget? Um, All right. So I like that you gave this to me yesterday, even though I didn't write anything down. But I would say, number one, movement. Like the PT in me has to say it. It is the best thing. It is the best medicine that we can have. It opens doors for you. It lets you know that you can do other things. And it's like physiologically, it's really good for you. So number one. I would say movement. Uh, number two, acceptance. My, and acceptance to me is different than resignation. Resignation kind of has like a, like, a, like a negative connotation to it. And accepting like like the kind of iceberg thing that you were saying where it's like not when I spend all this time just like fighting against what is. I've accepted it and I'm doing something about it now. Like can I work to change it? Amazing. But I'm not sitting there dwelling on this thing that, you know, is, is there. Uh, and then number three, do what brings you joy. I think for some people, especially women, they feel selfish doing this. And second part of that, we feel like being selfish is a bad thing. I'm like, but it's not a bad thing. You have to put yourself first at times. Right? So doing whatever it is that brings you personally joy. Okay, I love it. And movement is number one. one, That's my number one tip too. And joy is my third. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't heard acceptance yet and I love it. (laughs) Uh, Where can we find you? Yeah. uh, Easiest thing is Instagram. Uh, So I'm the movement maestro on Instagram. Maestro is spelled M-A-E-S-T-R-O. For those of you that don't like Instagram, uh, I hate Facebook. I'm on there, but your easiest, your best bet to find me then is going to be my website, which is the same thing themovementmaestro.com. Well, you are a delightful human being, and I'm so glad that we connected. This was awesome. I I apologize for taking so long. The DM got lost, circled back. Here we are. So thank you for being so- I think the great. timing was right? amazing, right? After your webinar. I'm like, it worked, I think it worked out great. So thank you for inviting me on. Thank you for great conversation. Great being a great host. I, I go on some and I'm like, you're not very good at this. Uh, so <laughs> thank you. This has been, this has been a pleasure. I look forward to connecting soon. Sounds Bye, great. Have a good one. Bye. That was so much fun. I really hope you, if things resonated with you, that you will follow Shantae at Movement Maestro on Instagram. She's really just has shares so much information about how to grow your business, how to connect with people, gives so much stuff away. It's incredible and it's inspiring. And clearly she's a wonderful human being, so full of life. 
I just feel like I've learned so much and been pointed in the right direction. And I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed doing the interview. Uh, I laughed a lot, as you could tell, and just had a great time. And I was feeling kind of burnt out uh, before I took her seminar, webinar, last night. So it's just um, more and more energy. And I, I feel sort of re-inspired and excited. So thank you so much for listening. I always like to hear what you have to say on Anchor. You can leave me a voice message or you can email me your thoughts at mkennerson at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at marissa.kennerson. And what else do I have for you? If you'd like to work with me as a life coach, I can help you with the aging path. And just email me, drop me a line, go to my website, agethoughtfully.com. You can schedule a free discovery session. A free discovery session is 45 minutes just to talk about what I do, what you need and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to Age Thoughtfully. If you'd like to leave me a little positive rating on Apple Podcasts, it really helps people find the show. And I'm forever grateful if you can do that. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, and I will see you next time.